My number one worry when I did my budget is the fact that I was afraid to really find out where my money went. Oh, that's a no, that's a really that's a really good point. Hello. Hello, hello. And welcome back to the Daily Budget podcast by Billionaire. I'm Marco. I'm Alex. And today we want to talk about budgeting. Budgeting. Something yeah. pretty simple, right? Simple in theory, yeah. but when it comes down to actually making one, a lot of people seem to trip up. Yeah. To be honest, I think my number one worry when I did my budget is the fact that I was afraid to really find out where my money went. Oh, that's a, no, that's really, that's a really good point actually. Yeah. Because there's, yeah, there's a lot of people, you know, it's the same feeling when you avoid opening your bank app. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're scared to see how much money is left in your account. It's the same thing with your budget. You're scared either that you actually aren't able to afford the lifestyle that you're currently living or that you want to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're afraid to see exactly how much you're spending on things, but at the same time, it means it's just that much more important yeah. to know. That, yeah, exactly. That's what makes it much, much more worthwhile for you to start one and track and be on top. Mm-hmm. Now, Alex, essentially, like, what's a budget? What do you use a budget for and who needs a budget? All right. So first point, what is a budget? At its most simple, a budget is a tracker that tracks your income and your expenses. Money coming in, money going out. <laughs> That's it at its most simple. When As for who should have a budget, yeah, everybody. Every. Now, if you're a minor, let's say you're under 16, you're not making your own money, you know, you're a two-year-old, obviously you're not going to need a budget. <laughs> okay. Because I can guarantee there are going to be some people that are like, well, what if you think you will? What if you don't have money? Yeah. Well, what if your parents give you an allowance? Well, if your parents are giving you allowance, like $5 a week or whatever, like a budget's not going to matter. Also, you're six. Yeah, guys, as much as it is important, like as much as financial literacy is important, if you're six years old, please enjoy your life. Yeah, but also listen to us and become a lifelong subscriber. That's right. Because <laughs> yes. when you turn 16, we'll be here. Get them when you're young, that's our strategy. <laughs> that's our strategy. Because they don't know any better. <laughs> now, um, everybody needs a budget. Mm-hmm. Everybody should use a budget. Yes. And the, essence, the, the essential use of a budget is universal. Pretty much. Whether it's your future plan, your current, current lifestyle, or even if you want to look at past expenditures that you've been done doing. The good thing about a budget is if you've, done, if you've been doing it, you're able to track it, you're able to see where you've done your changes, and as well as where more change needs to be applied. Now, yeah. just like a little weird, but in a budget, there's many things that go into a budget, but what really should people be expecting when they're creating their budget? Are you talking expenses? Are you talking incomes? What are you talking about? Well, what I mean... Everything? Yes. Yeah, everything. (laughs) So yes, like Alex said earlier, if if money comes in, if money goes out, well, it needs to be listed on your budget. Mm -hmm. No matter how small, every single thing, because it adds up. Yes, it's the, you know, it's the Starbucks latte. Seven bucks latte? Thing all over again. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, you can debate the intricacies and the finer points because there are economists that argue for or against it. But the point of that, let's say, metaphor, I'm actually quite sure what the technical term is. 
thing. <laughs> Example, leg allegory, whatever it is. The point is that small things add up over time. And these are things that, in the moment, are so small that they might fly under your radar. For me personally, a $7 Starbucks coffee definitely that's, does not fly under the that's radar. Not, that's it's not ridiculous. Cool. Even my boosted juice, I get mad because I have fruits at home. Like. <laughs> yeah, but you have something, let's say, a $2 coffee from Tim Hortons. Yeah. One of those every day. Let's say you do it Monday to Friday. 10 days. That's already 20 something, $23 if it's $2.30. Yeah. That's 10 or days. Or we just say, keep it simple $2. $2 a day every work day in a month. That's $40 right there. Right? And now $40 to a lot of people may not seem like much. $40 like I'll spend that at the bar in one night yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's it's the the death by a thousand cuts where it's the little expenses that kind of bleed over time because you're not just buying a coffee you're not spending money only on coffee you have other things you have your Netflix subscriptions you have you know dinners out beers with the lads your gym membership gym membership in, you know, little shopping, things here and there. And these are what all add up together to make a big impact on your budget. Yeah, not to say your gym membership's a bad thing. Keep working out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, not at all. But it goes to show, you know, all these things need to be tracked. And we'll get more into specific things and, you know, what kind of categories you should yeah. lump them under in a moment. But let's talk about the, the essence of a budget. So we've covered... A budget is, at its most basic, a tracker of your incomes and your expenses. That's right. And there are three three main areas or buckets yeah. that you want to keep in mind. Your three main points of focus within your budget would be your money for now, money that you use in order to sustain your lifestyle, whether it's mm -hmm. your rent, your utilities, your transportation insurance, your money for your future, which is the money that your savings some of the debt that you maybe paying off and then there's also at the end your your play money and then you also your debt money yeah i would put debt before play money because i want to make sure <laughs> that's taken care of but essentially yeah it's just like you said you have money for today money for your bills money for tomorrow so that's money you're saving and investing and then and then decreasing or getting rid of any kind of obligations you have and that's talking about debt student debt, car debt, mortgage, anything like that. And then once all those are taken care of, whatever you have left, that's your fun money. Although if I were you, I'd personally invest a lot of that too. That's right. Now, um, how much should people be putting towards, let's say their housing or their transportation? Now that, that gets a little bit more detailed. But in regards to your life and your living expenses, I usually say keep it around 30 to 40%, no more than 40%. Yeah, it keeps in line with TDS and GDS ratios too. We've covered those before in both our Instagram page and on a previous episode. But as a quick recap, TDS and GDS are total debt service and gross debt service, and they represent how much of your income goes towards paying your Pure, like your survival, your housing costs, that is your GDS, and then all your debts, all payables together, and that's your TDS. That's right. And when you're talking with, you know, when you're talking in terms of the financial industry, the banks will typically use 32 and 40% as the GDS and TDS, respectively. 
So structuring your budget around those guidelines is always a really good starting point. That's right. Any future expenditures or future plans that you may have would really look, the banks will really look at these ratios to determine whether you can afford these debts or whether they can even help you out with these further investments and whatnot. Now, yeah. speaking of that, what is your housing costs or your living expense? What does that entail? So the two main ones will, of course, be mortgage and rent. Yes. Right. The main payments, the payments for the shelter, you know, where you sleep at night, the roof over your head. And then you have kind of the ancillary things. So let's focus on rentals for a moment. Yeah. When you're renting, apart from your rent, your next biggest expense will be your utilities. That's right. Condo fees, perhaps, if you're in a condo, but should be hundreds of dollars a month. That's always something to be, yeah, to be very mindful of. And utilities, when you're renting, oftentimes you'll have at least one included, but depending on you know where you're living, depending on the property manager, you may be on the hook for all three. Yeah. So, what's all three? All three: hydro, so electricity, yep, heating, and water. And heating is an interesting one in particular because <laughs> it can be either electric or natural gas. Yeah. If it's natural gas heating, then that's, that's one a separate bill. A separate bill. But if it's electric, that's then gonna jack up on your it jacks up your height, especially in our winters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So whenever you're looking for a place, always make sure to find out if the heating is natural gas or electric. It can save you a big shock and a big bill down the road. That's right. Now we've got the rent and mortgage. We've got the utilities. Mm -hmm. What can be considered as an essential life expense? All right. Well, you're going to look at things like transportation, yeah. right? We're in the middle of a pandemic still, and a lot of people are working from home, but there are still people who are commuting to the office, and when things do eventually open back up, commuting will once again be a reality for many people. So you'll have things like your bus pass or transit pass, you'll have you know, car payments. Yeah. Those are the, the big ones for yeah. transportation and the, all the costs that go along with it. So with a car, you'll have gas, you'll have insurance, yeah. you'll have maintenance, you know, cleaning, cleaning, <laughs> cleaning, sure. Yeah. You Why? Like, you like to keep it sparkly. <laughs> Why not? Yes. You know, with a, with a transit pass, then, you know, it's only that monthly expense. That's right. Another expense that's very useful, especially nowadays, is your telephone expense. Yes. And that's actually a pretty material expense because now it's hard in Canada to find anything under $90 that's going to give you everything yeah. that you need at least. Yeah, there are some local players, you know, depending on your markets here in Ontario, we have what was Win now Freedom yeah. Mobile. We have, mm -hmm. there's a new one, uh, Fizz, I think. I've seen some of their billboards. Really? Yeah. Wow. We have Videotron <laughs> that's starting to come over from Quebec. And... And uh, we have the, the lower cost of yeah. the big three, but there are some options, but <laughs> all in all, we're, we do pay some of not the most expensive telephone yeah. bills in the world here in Canada. <laughs> and so it's, a, it's something that, yeah, absolutely cannot be left out of the budget. Mm -hmm. And yes. on the same, in the same vein as telephones, you have your internet connection. And you do have your internet. That is an essential bill. I think it's a utility, um, mm -hmm. especially now. You can't survive without your 
your Netflix or your cable, but to survive without your internet? Yeah, well, especially when people are working from home. Now, yeah, <laughs> right. It's 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 a non it's a non debatable. It's a non negotiable. That's right. That's right. So now that covers all of my basic living expense. So from my rent to your utilities, your transportation, your mm-hmm. insurance. Yeah, should be no more than thirty or around thirty percent. Well, after we've accounted for, of course, your no, we've got it all, right? We've got the hydro, we've got the we got utilities. Yeah, we've accounted for everything. Transportation, yeah. and we've got insurance. Oh, maybe wow. one, maybe one thing that I'll circle back to when you're talking about rent. On the flip side, if you have a mortgage, yeah, then you're going to be wanting to property think about this property tax. That's the one I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, and property tax will typically be collected by your bank. Yeah, especially in the first year. And this is a little side note. In the first year, your bank will typically collect. 18 months worth of property tax in a 12 month period. So your payments will be higher for the first year and make sure to take that into account. Your bank should go over everything like that with you, but as a, as a good to know, file that away for later. Yes. Now we've got the money for life right now. Mm -hmm. What about money for the future? Yes. This is the fun part. This is the part where more people wish they were at savings. All right. So what are some things that, people should be following in terms of saving? Like what are some rules of thumb? Rules of thumb in in savings for me, your investment, your emergency, and then your personal. And what would you build up first? Number one, emergency fund. You never know when anything could go wrong. So having something that can help help you out is most definitely Mm -hmm. important. And I think that COVID-19 has demonstrated just how important having an emergency fund is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how long would you make your emergency fund? I say six months. We've been in a, we've been in a pandemic for what seems to be five, going on five months right now. Um, having something to prepare yourself for an, an average of six months is what I aim for. Mm-hmm. Of course, it may be a little bit more difficult. So put in what you can, but prioritize your emergency fund. Yeah. I would say the a good rule of thumb, start off saving a thousand dollars yeah put a thousand dollars away and then depending on your you know your expenses let's say your monthly expenses amount to 1800 aim for 1800 yeah and then once you have that build it up to two months and i would say focus exclusively on building your emergency fund until you have at least three months worth of expenses yeah then you can start putting money towards other things like a personal savings account investments a tfsa rsp but still contribute towards building that emergency fund until you have that six months built up. Right. Now, after you've gone your three months to six months, I would suggest now building a portfolio for your future. Now that means starting off in your investments, whether you are knowledgeable within the field or not, something as basic as going into the bank and asking for a registered product like a tax-free savings or RRSP, or even a regular savings account where you could put the money in and invest on your own or let it flip on its own. Now, there is the rule of thumb with compound interest. One of my favorite quotes is by Albert Einstein. Compound interest is the eighth one of the world. Those who learn from it will gain, but those who don't will suffer. Yeah, I'd say the best time to start investing was yesterday. Wow, that's actually the greatest quote I've ever heard. But it's true, you want to start investing as early as you possibly can. Even if, let's say you're 16 and you just had started your first summer yeah. job or your first part-time job, 
you want to take a little bit of that money and put it away. An RRSP is a great account and it's pretty much one of the main vehicles nowadays in Canada to grow your money for retirement because when you put your money in, you can invest through mutual funds. And this, this is easy because it takes away a lot of the decision making yeah. and the, let's say the, the risk or uncertainty around investing. Yes. If you're just starting out, you don't want to be directly buying or trading stocks. You certainly yeah. don't want to be doing any Wall Street bets type of crap and going in on options or any kind of fancy financial <laughs> derivatives. That's right. Go about your go about it with your own at your own pace. Learn slowly and develop a strategy just as you would for your budget. Develop one for your investments as well. And if you don't believe us, go online, search like retirement calculator or even compound interest calculator right. and do the math for yourself. Yeah, the Let's difference say, is is, yeah. is is like noticeable. If, yeah, and if you're I mean, twenty like if you're twenty years old today, do the math. Let's say you put in two hundred a month. Two hundred a month every month until you hit age 65 and assume, you know, put in, um, uh, what would be a good average interest rate? 7%? Yeah. Let's say That's 7%. Huge. 7%. <laughs> yeah, it is on the higher end, but let's say 7%. All right. Well, we're, we're going to be optimistic here. We'll be bullish and then see how much that, that final number comes out to the amount of money you would have at age 65. Yeah. Now do that same calculation again, this time put your age as 25 and see what a difference that five years makes, right? I made the mistake of really not starting to seriously invest until, until, well, well really this year, just before I turned 26, wow. I had a lot of money saved up, but yeah. I didn't have it invested properly. Yeah. And so, I was really lucky in that I took advantage of the, the, the downturn in the market to make a fair bit of money with what I invested. Yeah. But I, I absolutely regret not having started, started sooner with more diverse products. That's I, right. my, I have had the TFSA for years and years now with some money invested, but the returns were never anything stellar. <laughs> and yes, um, but you did the right thing. You put mm -hmm. money aside and you are ready for investments when you felt like you were ready. Never jump in anything unless you really feel comfortable or you feel like you're ready to risk that jump. Not to say that mm -hmm. all investments are risky while you lose all your money. No, but, but every investment does carry a level of risk. There's no guarantee. There's never a guarantee. That's right. Even the ones at the bank, because if the bank goes down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the chances could be very, very, very <laughs> small, but there will always be a chance. That's right. And when you're starting out, definitely shy away from riskier investments mm -hmm. and start with more conservative ones, at least to get your feet wet. We'll have a show on your stock investments coming on soon. So please guys, keep watching us and subscribe. Now we've mm -hmm. covered your emergency fund, we've mm -hmm. covered your investments fund. Mm -hmm. What's next? Well, what's next is your personal money. Yes. That is more for your play money and whatnot or more like your vacation if you're saving for something within the year that you would like to purchase that mm -hmm. where that's where it would be now don't put too much emphasis on that uh savings not that it's wrong but primarily you should keep your eyes on your on your investments you should keep your eyes on your emergencies because those are the ones that's going to be here for you when most people are going to be gone yeah <laughs> yeah for personal savings set a goal i know let's say Let's say you know, I really, I want a, I don't know. I would say Rolex, but that's a little that's ambitious. It's a little, a little expensive. fossil, a fossil watch, yeah, $300. Little, yeah, a nice little fossil, a little Seiko. 
That's right. Say That's right. five. And and yeah, let's say it costs five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. All right. I may choose to put fifty dollars a month into my personal savings account, so that in ten months, boom, I have I have enough saved up for that watch. Well, make it eleven with taxes and everything, but now <laughs> I'm getting into getting into the details. Here. That's right. That's right. But it's just to say that um, despite having an emergency and an investment saving, it doesn't mean that you can't be happier, that you can't strive for personal goals or even little material yeah. things or even experiences from your yeah. own hand. And I think this is an important point to make that for your personal savings, the way we're talking about it, you should have a goal in mind. You shouldn't just accumulate money in a savings account where it's not going to do anything because that is money that is better off invested, you know, or sent towards another, you know, another purpose like your emergency fund. So don't let, if you find yourself with money just accumulating in a savings account, invest it. Yeah. Build your emergency fund first if you haven't already. Then start investing that. That's right. Now, what comes next? We've tackled well, your life. Mm-hmm. We've tackled your future. Yeah. So now comes the fun part. This is where you get to pay for all the stuff you want. You get to do what you want. <laughs> this is the paying, the paying off your debt portion. Now, this is a very important portion. Yep, sorry, because... I lied. It's the paying off your debt portion. <laughs> yeah. Not nearly as fun, but way more rewarding. That's right. That's right. The importance about paying off your debt is because you don't want anything lingering behind you as you're going and stri- striving for your personal goals remember or your compound, investment goals. Yeah. Re- remember compound interest? Yeah. This it, is the it reverse. Be your best, of- it could be your best friend, but it could also be your worst enemy. It, it can easily work against you. Yes. Now, um, a little tricks that I always use in regards to paying down your debt is two methods, which we're going to be talking about in another episode, which is a snowball method and the avalanche method. Now, if you want to know what those are, please subscribe to us and keep in tune with us. So now, are we getting to the fun part? Yes. <laughs> right, now we're at the fun stuff, and this this is where we talk about the fun things. You know, the things you want to you can get to spend your money on frivolously, <laughs> guilt free, because you've already taken care of your debts, your bills, and your future. <laughs> and so. These are things like your entertainment. All right. Oh, well, what's entertainment? Entertainment can have very different meaning. Well, entertainment. Is, entertainment for me is uh, anything that regards us like like low fun. I like to go to the movies, or I like to go to a bar with a friend. Mm-hmm. That was a bird. Um, <laughs> I like that's that's something that would that's a little excess of uh, that. Those are expenses that are outside of my budget, but are still planned within my budget. So there's a, if I have a little excess money from my budget where I oh an excess for fifty, how about not going? How about going out with the friends? Mm-hmm. You know, enjoying it. And that's the worthwhile thing about having a budget is then when you have your budget planned out, where you see where money comes in and where money comes out, you can make these essential changes mm-hmm. so that can benefit you in the end. Yeah, and so now I think it's a good time to segue into what we call the income equation. Yeah. And so many people, it's no secret, struggle with money. Creating a budget is the first step, you know, the first step to taking control of your finances and it helps a lot. But let's say you have a budget and and things are really tight, right? Let's say you're just scraping by at the end of the month, you don't really have any money left over to spend on yourself or maybe, you know, you're, you're sacrificing your ability to save and invest to be able to pay all your bills. Yeah. And so the income equation 
it's simple. It has two parts. Mm -hmm. It has your incomes, of course, and your expenses. And so there are two ways that you can improve your financial situation. The most common one, and the most common one, I think, financial, you know, I'll say, I'll use the word quote unquote gurus, or let's say financial <laughs> YouTubers, financial blogs, will talk about is cutting costs. And we can all do that to some degree, but there's only so far cutting costs can take you. Both because there is a certain minimum cost of living depending on, you know, depending on where you live, cost of, you know, the live, cost of living, cost of goods, all that. And the other thing is that we as people are not very good at living, let's say, under austerity. Which is a big reason why you see people like Dave Ramsey, huge financial YouTuber. If you're watching us, you've no doubt heard of him. But it's why I think a lot of his, you know, his callers really don't make, you know, don't make any changes because he prescribes what is essentially financial austerity. So rats and beans, beans and rats. And so you can't trust yourself to stick to a very, very strict low cost budget. It, it, after a certain point, your willpower will fade and it just won't. It won't be sustainable in the long run. Yeah. So what you should do is look to the other side of that equation and increase your income, increase your earnings. Now for some, you know, for some this can be achieved through asking your boss for a raise if you have good performance at your job or look, actively looking for a new job in your field that pays more. For others, it could be starting a side gig. Like, for example, myself, I just started delivering on Uber Eats. It's not something I need to do to survive, but it's something I chose to do in order to tip the balance of that equation at just ever so slightly more in my favor. Yeah. Yes. The great challenge, that is a great challenge in regards to your budget mm -hmm. is finding the, the equation as to how much should I be making in order to sustain the life that I want to live. Yeah, and, and I think I, I don't know about you, Mark, but I personally, I'm not going to kind of push or proselytize on the hustle culture. Yeah. Because as someone who has worked a lot and has experienced burnout, it, it's a dangerous road to take. That's right. I do yeah. absolutely think that no one should kind of coast through in life, just put in their eight hours a day. I think you should always have at least something in the works That's right. to make you some extra money. Even if it makes you just little to nothing, it's, just, it's a passion project and that's, it's something that you need and it can turn into something you know, very, very bountiful down the road. That's right. That's right. Now, although that may be, that may be a, a challenge within the budget, it is essential and it is something that well, with challenges, there's always a, a, a solution. Now, one thing that, that, that is most important in regards to your budget is to tailor your budget for the stage of life that you're in. Yes. That goes to say, if you like living within your means, but also structuring your budget so that when your life does change, your situations in life does change when you, as you grow, that you could also expect these things to come forward and be prepared. That's the wonderful thing about a budget is the fact that it is interchangeable. You could see where your changes need to be done. You could put it, you could actually make the change happen and then you could track it for the future. It determines whether it was a worthwhile change or it was something that you probably have to go back on and modify some more. Yeah, I think a couple of good examples to illustrate this. Let's say if you're 60, you know, you're, we're back to your 16 year old just starting your first job. 
what your budget could look like and maybe should look like is with a prior like prioritizing saving for college or university yeah if you are let's say a college or university student then your budget should be prioritized to save up to pay off your student debt you know once you're out of college in the perfect in the working world then it could be you know structured around saving up for the down payment on a house yeah even even situation like building having a family retirement yeah. These are all situations that requires for you to go back and update your budget. Mm-hmm. And the wonderful thing about a budget is the fact that it is open enough for you to change it, but also tight enough for you to respect it and follow through with your changes. Yeah, it's a it's an ever evolving document that will grow as you grow. That's right. And it should often be revisited. So, yeah, like you kind of alluded to, Marco, if you, you know when you enter a new stage of life, your budget should be revisited and revamped. That's right. But there are other events too that that should be caused to you know to review your budget and maybe make some adjustments as necessary. Yeah. For example, getting a new job or a raise of your current job. Yeah. On the other side, losing your job will affect your budget. Yeah. You know, let's say you you move in with your partner uh, or spouse, that will have a big impact. That's you know, right. If you buy a house, any. Any, anything that will, yeah, will cause a major fluctuation in your finances, whether it's your incomes or your expenses, that should prompt you to revisit your budget, take a look at what changes can be made and then readjust it so you have an accurate picture of your finances going forward and a better plan. That's right. Ideally, you should revisit your budget once a year. The reason why inflation is always current. Yeah. And you, we already know the house prices, how they've already been jumping around. Um, if you are, if your budget is structured towards having a plan goal for a house purchase, it might be worthwhile for you to forever <laughs> to mm-hmm. actually update that because we do know how th- these prices on houses can be fluctuating. Mm-hmm. Same with your food, same with your entertainment, and same with your rent and your living. Yeah. So as a quick recap, you should change, you should update, you revisit, update your budget at least once a year yeah. to account for the increased cost of living and inflation, and also revisit it whenever you have a big life altering moment, whether it's like we said, a job, you know, a new job, a pay raise, job loss, moving in with your spouse, anything like that. That's right. Now, mm-hmm. thank you guys for watching so far. And as a gift for those that made it this far throughout the podcast, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, we've actually created a budget template, which is worthwhile for you guys to use. And because this is a new month of, this is the new month of uh, entanglement, August, We've actually prepared a tracking sheet within the budget template where you could track by week where your expenses go. And then that way you can stay on top of your budgets, figure out what, what plans that you have for further, furthermore in your life. Yeah. But as we give it, so do we take it. So we are giving you a budget template, but we also want to challenge you and we want to issue a budget challenge to you. So use our template make your own budget and then commit to at least a week, maybe two weeks is the ideal. If you want to go really hard, you can do the whole month, but commit to spending as little money as possible and see the difference that being able to track your spending makes. Yes. Now we're not asking you to be cheap and frugal, but we are asking you to be aware. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I think unless you have anything else, Marco, I think that's it for for this time. That's all for today. Thank you so much, everybody. I hope you guys have enjoyed this show on budgeting. Now, like, share, subscribe, and hit us up for some questions and whatnot. And we'll be here to answer. We'll be here to be with you. And we will help you 
create the daily budget. Thank you very much. Goodbye.